Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Ashley. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about The Havoc Boys by C.M. Stunich. This is the second part of a two-series episode. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. Some content in this episode may be triggering, such as murder, violence, child abuse, rape, sexual abuse, miscarriage, and pregnancy loss. Listen at your own risk. So when we last left off, we had started talking about book three, which um, involves our favorite people, Hale, Aaron, Vic, Oscar, Callum, and uh, our female main character, Bernie. Uh, Bernie and Vic are on their honeymoon, and they are at the beach, but the boys decided to make their honeymoon into... Well, they like multitasking and havoc. <laughs> a wedding gift for Bernie. <laughs> well, her I thought her wedding gift was the fact that she got to bury her stepfather alive. Is this just a uh, additional wedding gift? I mean, murder and torture is just the gift that keeps on giving Sam. It's the jelly of the month club of the Havoc boys. <laughs> that does certainly seem to be their mindset. So... They are doing double duty on their honeymoon, and they have used their honeymoon as a way to corner the social worker that Bernie um, was at the mercy of, I guess you could say. They're at the Vincent's Beach House. (laughs) It's not going to do any first names anymore. They're at the Vincent's Beach House, and they're just fucking everything up in the beach house because they are very materialistic people. And they run into Ophelia, Vic's mother, because surprise, surprise, she is involved in this whole child sex trafficking ring. And they're starting to see that everything that Bernie has been through is kind of connected back to this with Vic's mom, with the social worker, with uh, Bernie's stepfather. All of them are kind of wrapped up in this same child sex trafficking ring. Yeah, and I think that we even learned that, like, Bernie's mom, Pamela's, she's, you know, complicit in this whole thing as well, which is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, so all of the adults that they're trying to get revenge on, they're all interconnected in this web of horrific, terrible crime. While Ophelia is visiting her friend in child trafficking... They also find out that um, Ophelia's boyfriend has a son, and that son slept with Bernie at some point. And he's also bisexual. Yeah. Hey, bisexual representation. Um, Nothing apparently can be unconnected in this world. Everyone knows everyone, and there's no one who is involved in bernie's life and in the boy's life that isn't interconnected in her need for vengeance (laughs) you put that really nicely oh thanks (laughs) we get um a little bit of a clue into like how ophelia could be interconnected with this with her showing up at the social worker's house because prior to this there was no clue that 
Ophelia was involved in anything other than just trying to steal Vic's inheritance. So this was like the big aha moment where you're like, oh, she's a bigger villain in this story than I thought she was going to be initially. Uh, so while they're in the Vincent's Beach House, they're just kind of making um, themselves at home in addition to fucking everything yeah, up. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's true, like, South Prescott style. Yeah, they literally went into the, line ce- the wine cellar and, like, smashed thousands of dollars of bottles of wine. I'm pretty sure there's a part with the whiskey where they look it up and they're like, oh, this is like $35,000 whiskey. Like, we're drinking this shit. Yes, that definitely does happen. Uh, But in addition to that, they also kind of have this, like, domesticity because the girls are there with them. So they can't, like, go 100% balls out. But they do have the Vincents tied up in the bedroom and the girls are, like, sleeping in another bedroom and just enjoying the pool. You know, when you want to, like, have a ruckus but also be responsible semi-parents at the same time. <laughs> they said, we can do crime and parent. <laughs> and, I mean, let's be real. They're teenagers that are fully tattooed. They're in a gang. They're going to school and taking really difficult math classes and they can fucking do it all. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so unrealistic, but I still love it so much. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to multitask the way that they do Not throughout at all. their lives. And I mean, you know, people who have a more difficult upbringing and lifestyle do mature faster, but still, like, it's it's a lot. And I also think about the tattoos that I got when I was 18, like, those were some really poor choices, so I couldn't even imagine having full-body tattoos at the age of 18. It's like a, a lifetime of regret. So I still don't have any tattoos. I've been talking to Ashley about going to get my first tattoo soon. I definitely want it to be book-themed, though. Yeah, so if you have any good, you know, Harry Potter or reverse harem or any tattoo ideas, send them our way. Yeah, I definitely feel like it should probably be Harry Potter themed, considering that's like. I really my think that you should do like book series. a Dramine like piece. I think it would be amazing. I always wanted to incorporate um, the last words in the series, which is all was well. Like, I want to do something that incorporates that, but then I also want, like, I would love the castle to be incorporated in some way. Like, I'm just going to have to talk to you the tattoo shop that I picked out because it's a Harry Potter themed tattoo shop. So I know they're going to do a great job. Okay. Back on track. (laughs) So they, they're playing house. Ashley has an issue with (laughs) Hale and how he uh, acts in the Vincent's house. You want to talk about that, Ash? Oh my God. Like, okay. So hold on one second. Let me get to the part. I feel like my notes are kind of like all over the place. Yeah, so, like, Hale, while they're here, like, steps into this domestic role, which, I mean, we've had, like, some glimpses of that, like, in the past. And we know that Hale's mom, like, keeps a clean house and he's well taken care of despite her mental illness. Um, But he's, like, in their house making tacos and singing <laughs> My House by Florida. And, like, 
I just feel like this adds to his whole like douchebag persona. Like I know he's supposed to be like lovable and like silly and like you know your dream guy but he just isn't that for me like I feel like I would be friends with him but if I was making a harem he would not be the guy out of this book that I would pick but like I, I thought said, it was him, cute yeah him making the tacos for them is cute and luckily the Vincents were trying to do like keto so they had plenty of ground turkey but still like I'm just gonna straight up say that I think that ground turkey is disgusting <laughs> oh I don't mind it if it's seasoned well it's just, like, I feel like it's dry. Oh, it definitely is dry, because that's the whole point. Yeah, because I know, but I like some nice, like... Don't say... I, do not say that word. <laughs> do not. <laughs> I like um, a lot of moisture. <laughs> God, I hate that word. No, I like ground beef where you have to, like, drain the fat out of it. So that yeah, way your food you actually, please. like, you know is edible <laughs> but anyway <laughs> oh ashley also has an issue with the word muling which is also not my favorite word just of all the words that you could pick for like i don't know moaning or uh, like i don't know muling muling like I should have looked up a definition and added that in here. It just It's not sexy to me. It's not. It makes me think of a cat. <laughs> yeah, like, have you ever heard, like, cats when they're, like, in heat or when they're, like, having sex? It's not, not a good noise. <laughs> Would not recommend. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Again. So the, the Vincents had a girl that they were planning on selling. Uh, her name is Alyssa. And the Havoc boys and Bernie are just kind of like, well, what are we going to do with this child? And this is where we find out that Oscar is in the foster system because we, like, know nothing about Oscar's background up until this point in time. Yeah, and I love how that's just, like, kind of, like, added in there. Like, oh, like, we don't know what to do with this child? Like, sure, we'll just send her with Oscar's family because they're good people. So, like, yeah, well, let's do that. Yeah, it's not really how the foster system works. But, I mean, if they're nice enough to take her in, regardless of if she's officially part of the system or not, well, that that's kind of them. Luckily for them, like, they know Coralie and she can make shit happen. Yes, that's so. true. Since she's the social worker here, she can Who's trapped just make sure bedroom. that she's placed with oscar's family you know instead of sent to someone who's gonna rape and abuse her for the rest of her existence like we said previously this whole interaction with vic's mom ophelia kind of makes them think a little bit more about what her involvement is and in everything that's been going on especially with the rival gang that they've been dealing with the charter crew as they've been trying to figure out where the charter crew is getting this money from, they thought that they were just selling drugs, but they destroyed their drug supply and they still had money to fix their cars and do all sorts of other things. So now they are starting to consider if Ophelia is involved with the charter crew and with everything that they've been doing to kind of like get it havoc. So here's my question though. If Coralie and her husband have all this money 
and they're like they're also involved in the sex trafficking ring why is ophelia so you know pressed about this inheritance like it's does she is she just really that irresponsible with her money that like she's in a worse off position than the vincents are or like what like that's the part that i don't understand that definitely does create kind of a plot hole. Yeah. But also, like, don't we find out at some point that the inheritance is, like, a billion dollars or something insane like that? Well, I mean, that? It's, like a, it's a lot, but still, like, if the Vincents make all this money from sex trafficking, like, I understand, like, why, you know, she would want to try to get the money, but, like, really, you're going to go through, like, all of this and expose yourself in this way, like, and expose the sex trafficking ring further? I don't know. It's just definitely a plot hole for me. Let's talk about Bernie's poetry <laughs> and our feelings on Bernie's Oh, are poetry. we talking about, like, the vows? Like, Bernie writes her vows to Vic as a poem, but it kind of, it's not consistent throughout the story as to whether or not Bernie's poems are supposed to be good or not. Well, from mine and Ashley's perspective. These are not good poems. No. But then other characters in the book are like, well, I like your poetry. And Vic is like, I dug it out of the trash at some point because I liked them so much. And now I'm just wondering, do you actually like them or do you just love this girl? And so you feel like you have to appreciate everything she does. Yeah, I think he just was so blinded by his love for her that he would honestly like I don't know but I feel like that is not who Vic is as a character this is like another I feel like I don't know in a lot of ways I think this series started out really strong and then it's kind of like as things progressed like things just started to fall apart a little bit and like that's something that you and I were even talking about like content wise the, the further that you get in this series literally so much shit is going on that you're like by the end of the book by the end of the last book i was seriously just like skimming that shit because i just wanted to get to the end yeah it definitely falls off in terms of like the plot being fascinating the entire time it becomes very repetitive in terms of the problems and like what bernie's dealing well, with. well yeah like the whole like list thing i mean when you know when you're just, like, killing all these people, it does get boring after a while. And then also, like, once she resolves all of her relationships with the guys, then it just turn, turns into her fucking them. <laughs> and it's like... Which, I mean, we are, are cool great. with that. <laughs> we love we love smut and spicier. Hello, it's the name <laughs> of the podcast. But part of what makes smut so great is, like, the tension and the, like, we don't know what they're going to do next. The build up. So when it turns into, like, she, there are definitely still some really hot sex scenes later on in the book. Like, there's a scene with her and Oscar in the closet in a hotel room. That was really great. But some of the things, like, her fucking Vic, like, they do it constantly. So it's just, like. And I feel like with Vic, it's always the same, too. It's always, like, really rough, like, primal. I mean, that's, you know, the, the character that he is in the harem. I mean, I wouldn't expect it to be anything else, but. It just gets to be a lot. <laughs> it does. So I I think if it were my decision, I probably would have made this a three-book series instead of a five-book series. Agreed. Even a four-book series instead of a five-book series. I mean, shit. 
Yeah, there's a lot that could have been edited down. And now that I think about it, I think that some of my favorite series, like most of them are four book series, like three or four. Yeah, once you get to a certain length, unless you have like a very clear plot that is driving the story that you know exactly where it's going, it can become difficult. It's the same thing that happens with TV shows. When something goes on for too long, it's much more difficult to capture people's interests over a longer period of time. Well, I think like this, you know, we've t- we're totally getting off track here, but this makes me think about like the Southern Vampire Mysteries. So for those of you don't who don't know, that's the Sookie Stackhouse series that, you know, True Blood was based off of. I mean, there's some key differences between the book series and the TV show. But it's like you go through all of this shit in the books for her to just end up with someone that she like should have just been with from the beginning and it's like I seriously it's like a 12 book series I devoted yeah. so much time to this long. it was just too much so but it's good if you haven't read that series it's been out for a while but definitely worth a read there's some spicy scenes I've just been rewatching True Blood instead Oh, you have to read the books, like, read all the books, though. I mean, I haven't, like, finished the entire series, but it's fine. I don't even remember which one I read up to. I feel like I only got to, like, book four. We're going to do, I think that we should do an episode on that series, though, because it does fall within the realm of what we talk about on this podcast. That'll have to happen over the summer. I don't have time to devote to that right now. <laughs> True. We are we are struggling to stay afloat over here. We've had some had a lot of things going on in our personal lives, but we're still here for you guys, making it work. Most definitely. So, what did I want to talk about next? Oh, we were talking about the poetry. Oh, I wanted to talk about um, the competition between like. You know, Vic and Aaron for Bernie and the tension yes. about, like, what's happening with everything. You read my mind. That's exactly what I want to talk oh, about. Oh, perfect. So Vic, after they got married, is still trying to come to terms with the fact that he's going to have to share Bernie. Well, that's that can, alpha dickhead personality of his. Yeah, he tries to stake this claim that now that they're married and she's his wife, that no one else can have her. But he has to come to the realization that he cannot lead Havoc and keep Bernie all to himself because all of these boys are in love with her and it's going to either lead to them all falling apart or lead to Bernie leaving the group. I mean, I really think that this should have been discussed before this point. Like, you think? <laughs> like, I... And as for as analytical as Oscar is and calculating, like, this this never crossed his mind. Like, okay, I need to stop because I'm just, like, finding all the plot holes. Like, I'm really well, on some think... shit. I'm on some shit tonight. <laughs> I also think it was Oscar didn't want to look at that possibility because Oscar the whole time was just like, this is a bad idea. No one's listening to me. She shouldn't be here in the first place true but i mean she still ended up there and there was nothing that they could do like except for just you know realize that she wasn't gonna go to nantucket they tried to scare her away and it didn't work when uh, still the stupidest plan ever uh, <laughs> right? we're gonna 
torture this girl that we're all in love with in the hopes that she'll go live with her grandmother. Like, oh, so fucking stupid. So they decide not to kill the Vincents, which was an interesting choice, (laughs) and instead try to turn them into informants for them, where they are going to stop their child sex trafficking ways and instead keep havoc informed on the movements of ophelia and the rest of the child sex traffickers and make sure children are placed appropriately and i'm pretty sure that after this point they're never really brought up again like this is this is kind of it for them they get murdered in book four. Oh, cool <laughs> yeah interesting reaction definitely oh, de- cool <laughs> definitely don't remember that and <laughs> and i was telling sam this earlier like there's some series where I can remember so many details from the books, but this series, like, there's just too much that I can't remember. Like, I'm I'm so impressed that you're just like, oh, book four, they got murdered. Like, okay, I mean, it was, it's a list I, of, like, seven people. I was skimming through and I came, I was like, I came across that part because I didn't remember that either. And I was like, oh, yeah, they do get murdered. Uh, so that takes up like the first half of book three, them dealing with the Vincents. And then the last half of book three is them dealing with their relationship issues, trying to convince Vic to come to his senses and realize that they're all going to share Bernie because they're all in love with her. And then he finally is like, okay, yeah, we, you guys can all fuck Bernie, I guess. And Bernie's like, Okay. And then um, Aaron asked Bernie to winter formal, except that doesn't go very well because at the end of book three, Aaron doesn't get to attend winter formal because he gets kidnapped by Callie and brought to Vic's mom because Callie is working with Vic's mom. And he's tied up there while winter formal is happening. I did just want to say that I love how adorable it was when Aaron asked Bernie to the winter formal. Their relationship, that like high school sweetheart, cutesy, like ugh, I just love it. It makes me think back to being in high school, to my like air quotes first love. I just wanted to shout out Tristan. He works at the BJ's by my house in the meat department. And I see him every once in a while, and he has no idea who I am. But, man, when I was 16, I thought we were in love. So I'm glad I ended up with someone better. (laughs) Shout out to Tristan in the BJ's meat department. Slinging that meat. (laughs) My husband has a way better job and treats me way better. (laughs) Tristan's also the one that said I had cancer patient eyebrows, so fuck you. So, no, no shout out to Tristan. Fuck you, Tristan. We don't, we don't support eyebrow shaming on this podcast. Yeah. Sam knows that that's like one of my, one of my things that my, one of my issues with myself. We love all eyebrows equally. About my eyebrows. Um, yeah, so it's a big fuck you to Tristan. Yeah. Fuck you, meat department, Tristan. He has a great name, though. It is a great name. I omitted his last name for this podcast, but he has a good name. Probably a good call. <laughs> um, what else? There was, like, some other, like, a few other little things that I think that I wanted to talk about for book three. 
There's Vic a and the great threesome with Vic and Aaron. It was like an it angry. It was. Um, there's some other, you know, stuff that happens a little bit earlier in three about like Vic and his freaking breeder kink. I mean, like <laughs> this guy. Like, I don't think I've ever read another book where it like this breeding kink was like this strong. Like, you'd love it if I wasn't taking those pills. Like, you know, I'm just dying to get you pregnant. Like, Jesus Christ, Vic. Like, Bernie has so much shit going on. Get yourself under control. I feel like it really comes down to how much he wants to own her. True. And, like, be the first one to, like, put a baby in her. Do you think it's because he's so mad that he wasn't her first boyfriend? That Absolutely. That? Yes. And that's where so much of this competition between the two of them stems from. When it's like they have, yeah. they have two totally different types of relationships with her. Exactly. And it's like, Aaron, Vic is always like, Aaron, we gave her to you. And it's like, she's not a possession, Vic. I don't know. And it's like, I was so oddly attracted to Vic in the beginning of the series. And then by the end, I'm just kind of indifferent with him. I think he's like, he's almost last on my ranking. I think yes, that he must. Hale is last. <laughs> Just because I could do without him, but we'll talk about our rankings at the end. But yes, Vic is near the bottom of mine as well. Yeah. So anyway, are we moving on to book four now? Yeah. So book three ends with them at the winter formal. Uh, they know that Aaron is missing. They don't know where he is. They have no idea that Vic's mom has him. But they're going to the winter formal so that they can get information from people because they believe that the charter crew is involved. Because so, who else would be involved? Book three ends with Callie walking in the door and her and Bernie being like, one of us is going to die tonight, basically. Yeah, it's definitely that high school, like, when you have, like, an arch nemesis, like, uh, and you guys run <laughs> into each other at the dance and you're, like, sneering and, like, saying catty shit. Ashley, we went to high school together. I don't think any murders happened at any of our dances. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, like... You know, I definitely had people that I didn't like. Was it me? Were you? Were we arch enemies and I didn't know it? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't really <laughs> think anybody was like my arch enemy, but. Do we need to give more shout outs? More shout outs to people who were mean to Ashley. <laughs> people in the past. <laughs> no, I just. Anyone else like, at the BJs that we need to talk to? <laughs> I just thought it applied like in the whole terms of like, you know, first love and when you're in high school and you think like oh, I'm going to be with this person forever. <laughs> just knowing what I know now, it just makes me laugh. Like, but when you look back at your first love, do you think that that was actually someone you were really in love with? Like, knowing what you know now? Absolutely not. Yeah, I have the same thoughts. Because there were definitely people in high school who I, like, dated. And I was like, yes, I'm 100% in love with this person. But then I look back and I'm like, no, I was not. No, I like high school for me like was just a time of like experimenting. <laughs> I mean, that's what it should be. High school and college are times for you to figure yourself out. I think that I should have done less figuring out in high school and more figuring out in college. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know, Sam. I was I was I was wild. Sam knows that I tend to, like, exhibit some reckless behaviors. There were definitely some times in high school where, like, 
I've, I think I've talked before about my parents like being like very open about like allowing me to drink and like party and stuff like that and I think that it just was not I don't know I probably could have used better parents and like less less like friendly parents <laughs> my parents were not on board with me partying in case anyone was wondering in fact my mother listens to this podcast hi mom I know you are not okay with it it still happens sometimes but it's okay <laughs> so beginning of book four anarchy at Prescott High Oscars cover my boy Ashley give us your rundown of Oscars cover Oscars cover is so hot I'm so torn between, like, is Oscar's cover my favorite? Is Aaron's cover my favorite? But I don't know. I think it really does come down to Oscar's cover being my favorite. And I think it's something to do with, um, you know, the full body tattoos. He has this, like, really sharp face. And Bernie often describes it as aristocratic. Um, And I also have, like, there's this one line that says, there's something about that careful civility that makes me shiver when it comes to Oscar, and that's just so true for me. But oh. careful civility is a great turn of phrase. Yeah, careful civility that makes me shiver, and that's like Bernie says shit like that, but her poetry is absolute garbage. <laughs> absolute so it, dog it's shit just, poetry. It's just it it contradicts itself, and and oh <laughs> that's a. That's another thing that we're going to get into a little bit. Maybe we should just talk about it now. Okay. About the fact that, you know, in this book, book four, Oscar's cover book, Oscar and Bernie definitely get closer. And they recite, like, you know, Shakespeare's poetry, like, lines of poetry back and forth to each other. Yeah, like his sonnets. Yes. And I just feel like it's very uncharacteristic for Bernie especially with her shitty poetry. But Oscar, we know, is in some of the more advanced classes and it's pretty much like the valedictorian of their graduating class. So for me, it makes sense for him, but not really as much for Bernie. And it's yeah, like... I want to I wanna know when Bernie's finding time to read through Shakespeare's She's sonnets. barely, like, you know, she's like struggling along, like a C average. So I just... I think back to some of the people we went to school with that had a C average, and I'm like, you definitely don't know any Shakespeare. Let me say this. I graduated third in my class in high school. I did not read any Shakespeare sonnets. (laughs) (laughs) I did not have time for all that. I mean, unless it's just like some kind of weird obsession that she has, but it's just, I don't know. It it didn't really make sense for me. Just just not believable. I agree. I don't think it made sense for me either. So book four picks up right where book three left off with Callie walking into the winter formal. And Callie is immediately going up to the cops that are at the winter formal, uh, one of which is the previous partner of uh, Bernie's stepdad. Sarah Young. Yes, Sarah. And she's using Sarah as like a shield, basically, say like trying to feed into her ear that if she ends up missing tonight if she it turns up dead that it was bernie who killed her so she's already trying to set up bernie to fall if anything happens to her which i mean typical like cali fashion i just feel like 
drama and making a scene and being dramatic and being an awful fucking person. Like, she knows what's coming. She knows. Yes, like, most definitely. Like, since Neil has disappeared, she knows. Like, if so she... So after... Oh, go ahead. If she was smart and actually cared about her unborn child, like, she would have just left. Like, I don't know... <laughs> I mean, she obviously cares more about getting revenge on Bernie than she cares about anything else right now. But, like, why? Oh, we didn't talk about this. Just, like, she's so jealous about the whole Aaron thing. Like, I don't... Yeah, we didn't talk about that at the end of book three. So, we find out after oh, Callie the, the kidnaps rape. Aaron that the whole reason why Callie asked Havoc to ruin Bernie's life in the first place is because she's been obsessed with Aaron for years and because Bernie was dating Aaron, she decided that her life needed to be ruined. And Callie, like, freaking tries to rape him while he's, like, tied to a bed. Yes, she does. And Aaron, like, can't get it up, which is good for you, Aaron. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you didn't get up for Callie because she's disgusting. So after the winter formal, they have a major after party where there's a bunch of cocaine and drugs and people from all the three different area schools show up to just party. All of Havoc minus Aaron, because Aaron is still tied up to a bed at Vic's mom's house or the cabin that belongs to her boyfriend. They all go to the after party, and the after party basically turns into a shootout. And this is where the involvement of the Grand Murder Party, which is a much bigger and more prevalent gang uh, from Portland, comes to light. As they are all there to back up Callie as they're all attacking Havoc at once. Again, I felt like it was just kind of a lot going on, and I probably just glazed through that part. I don't know. I'm not, like, super interested when they have all this, like, showdown shit going on. <laughs> yeah, so basically what ends up happening is Bernie is chasing Callie through the woods. They end up in an old cemetery, and Bernie, being a dum-dum that she is, ends up separated from all the Havoc guys, and it's just her and Callie. Callie manages to get the jump on her because Bernie is, like, too guilty to kill her herself. And as Callie is about to literally shoot her in the head, Aaron shows up out of the blue and kills Callie. Which, like, thank God for Aaron. <laughs> and it turns out that Aaron had to break his entire arm and wrist in order to get out of the handcuffs, which is horrifying. I mean, in those situations, though, where you know it's life or death, like, I mean, you're going to do what you have to do. No, you're absolutely right. I just can't imagine putting yourself into that much pain. I mean, I can because I love Aaron. <laughs> Good for I'm you. just saying, like, your body's natural reaction is to avoid pain. Like, that's what our brains are, hard are hardwired to do. So I can't imagine, like, pushing through that neurological response and being and forcing yourself to break your own arm and wrist in order to escape that situation. That just seems absolutely horrendous. Oh, it definitely does. I'm telling you right now, though, as someone who's had a baby, like, your body mentally, like, blocks out that shit. <laughs> like, after the fact, you'll be like, oh, it's not that bad. So I can imagine it would be similar for Aaron. Like, oh, like, I lived. So after the fact, like, it wasn't that bad. It was worth it. Yeah. So with Callie being officially dead. Thank God. Suddenly 
Yeah, but we can't celebrate yet because now fucking weird Callie ghost plot is involved. I don't get what the point of this was. Like, is it to make you think that Bernie has some, like, underlying mental health issues or to highlight, you know, PTSD that comes along with, like, I wouldn't even say losing someone who's important to you because it's not like, I mean, her, Callie was important to her at one time, but. My understanding was it was her manifestation of her guilt for her being unable to step up in that moment and kill Callie. But she was, like, guilty about the fact that she couldn't do it and that meant that she wasn't a good enough member of Havoc. And there is a line that Aaron says to her, like, when she's talking to him about not being able to do it. He says, you're my moonlight, Bernadette. I live to walk in your light. Don't ever question that. And I think that Bernie needs to remember that she is the, you know, the light of their lives. And the fact that she couldn't kill Callie, it kind of, you know, it maintains her humanity in a sense. And I think that that's super important for the guys, you know, that Bernie still maintains that. Like, yeah, they want her to be a member of Havoc, but they still want her to have some of that innocence. Like, she doesn't have to be exactly as they are. And I think it takes her almost this entire book to come to that realization. Yeah, but Ghost Callie definitely creeped me out. Like, her little commentary on shit. Like, didn't didn't like that. No, I wasn't a fan of that plot device. After everything goes down, they go and confront Vic's mom and is like, Hey, asshole. <laughs> Why are you, uh, we know that you're involved with all of this. And her and his mom is just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But oh, by the way, I think that if you don't want me to get the grand murder party to murder your wife, uh, I would divorce her and marry this girl Trinity that I just pulled up out of fucking nowhere that I want you to marry now. Yes, like where did she come from? She's just there. Like Ophelia's just like, hey, like by the way here she, she is really pulled this girl out of her ass and was like this is who you're gonna marry now unless you want bernie to die and trinity's full name is trinity james which i don't know which of our listeners like listen to rap music but i think of the rapper trinidad james <laughs> and he has this song that goes gold all in my chain gold all in my ring gold all in my watch and i seriously like think of this song every single time i would like read like trinity's name and i think that bernie even mentions like something about like trinity james being like a like hoity-toity name it is it absolutely is but yeah listen to that trinidad james song it's pretty good there was a time Uh where i was pretty obsessed with that Ashley has commentary on the clothing choices of our Havoc guys. Yes. Okay. So there's this part where Cal is changing out of his winter formal outfit in the woods. And this is the second time these shoes have actually been mentioned. They wear the Barker Blacks at the wedding also. But so out of my curiosity, I was like, I'm going to look up these shoes. And they're definitely not as gaudy as I thought that they would be because in the book they wear some like cringe ass shit at times. Like 
when they talk about isn't that story like the black hole or something do you know what i'm oh, talking I about i know what story you're talking about i cannot remember the name for the life yeah of me right wh- now. whatever it is whatever it's called but i just imagine it's like like she describes it it's like a hot topic but like you know i guess better than hot topics so i imagine locally it was... owned hot topic <laughs> yes like so i imagine that it was gonna have like this like metal skull on it but they're actually like pretty sexy and professional looking um they're handmade in england uh in earls barton northampton england with free shipping worldwide but these shoes the barker blacks they retail for 875 us dollars but they have these nice ass shoes but they keep that fucking blood-stained couch <laughs> like so all five guys have a pair of $875 shoes that I'm fairly confident that there's no way that you could steal those. I mean, what are, what are your That's thoughts That's what I was going to ask. Are they stolen? I don't know because I, like, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like that's something that you would have to special order, like, from the company. Like, I'm not Unless sure. Unless you can, like, roll up to Nordstrom's or something and get them. Maybe, but yes. So they have the bloodstained couch and the guys wear $875 shoes. So priorities. It's kind of hard to steal a couch. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely would be. I mean, I don't know. And like South Prescott, you might be able to just like find one like chilling on the side of the road with like bed Yeah, bugs. but this but, is, okay. Know. People put furniture out in the back all the time, like along our back road. And it always skeeves me out because I'm like, what if there are bed bugs in there? You don't know. Yeah. And that's like my issue about buying like even, you know, just used furniture from Facebook Marketplace in general. Like everything that I've ever bought, I left it outside on my deck for like a week before I brought it inside. Yes. And it, thoroughly it cleaned really it. really makes me nervous. Yeah. Uh, I can never imagine buying a used mattress. That's like my, Oh, I would die. I would die no before way. I did it. And I think that working for my stepmom's property management company has given me serious, like, PTSD about bed bugs and, like, roaches and stuff. Like, I have seen some shit. Ugh. Okay. But anyway. Uh, so this Trinity James thing goes on for so long, and I hate this plot. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because Vic is, ask- is acting like a complete asshole the entire time. It's like at first he's trying to make Bernie jealous by being like, well, maybe we will do it because I want to keep you safe. But then like flirting with Trinity in front of her and like carrying on with this whole thing and then is like acting like an asshole when Bernie's like, I think this is a terrible plan. He's like, well, I'm doing it to keep you safe and you're like being ungrateful. And it's this whole it like takes up the last half of this book and I hate it so fucking much. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that either. Like at all i could have done without it and i think that they would have been perfectly fine keeping bernie safe without (laughs) him you know kind of bending to his mother's will with this whole thing but what are you gonna do i guess so at the end of book four they go on the ski trip with trinity's prep school because i guess like i don't know how that fucking works like they just invited themselves along did our school ever have a ski trip my middle school did but it wasn't it was like a ski club Uh. ah 
it wasn't like a oh we're all rich assholes and we're all gonna go skiing over the weekend <laughs> uh but then they they go on this trip and they're using it as like a spying opportunity to check in with Vic and this guy Jimmy who they know is the son of the grand murder party leader because <laughs> Jimmy is also on this trip but he also doesn't go to the prep school so apparently it's just a trip that anyone can invite themselves on but as they are spying on Trinity, Oscar and uh, Bernie have this really hot sex scene in the closet. And then after that scene, they find out that Trinity is fucking her brother or her half-brother. Because they find out that Trinity is also the daughter, the secret daughter, of the Grand Murder Party leader as well. And it's just, I personally, so I could have done without the whole Trinity James thing, but I loved this whole, like, fucking her brother thing. Like, I thought it was so twisted and weird. Like, I you loved it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Ashley is down for surprise incest plot lines. Surprise incest is okay, as long as it's not, <laughs> like, our female main character. I'm, I'm down with it. And like, when it's, you know, it's when not it's like the villain, you're fine. With yeah. It. When it's the villain, I'm fine with it. <laughs> it can't be like the whole harem, like a certain book that we may or may not do an episode about. <laughs> <laughs> so they're ready to use this against her and they're plotting. But then as they return to school after the ski trip, there is a invasion at their high school by the Grand Murder Party. And they freaking shoot Stacey Langford in the head, and I'm still so upset about it. I love my girl Stacey Langford. How dare you? Oh, Stacey and her girls. I mean, just everything that she has done for Havoc. And she's like the one person that you were like, okay, like Bernie could actually be friends with this girl. And they go like, CM Sunich, why did you have to do her like that? Like she, it was she really, it was awful. Stacy, it was but awful. Bernie is in the hallway when that happens, and she's able to warn the rest of Havoc that they're being invaded by the Grand Murder Party. And all the boys, they apparently hid guns everywhere in the school. They really put some forethought and planning into this. Yeah, uh, like uh, it's just I don't know. Again, great, <laughs> but also very unbelievable. So uh, Callum goes missing at the end of this book and it, the book just kind of ends with the Vic killing the killing Jimmy. And also every time I think of Jimmy, I think, isn't that Drake's character in Degrassi? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, always, I just always think of that. I love Degrassi so much. I watched that religiously. If you're a Degrassi fan, send us a message. <laughs> Tell us how much you love Degrassi. Tell us how much you love our podcast. Uh, so that was really the end of book four. And then book five is called Victory at Prescott High, and we get Aaron's cover. I know that Ashley's going to go off on this one. So I never say daddy, but yes, daddy, like, Ugh, his cover is so hot. Just like you can see his face and that wavy chestnut hair. He is so muscular and ripped because he's shirtless. So you get like a good view of the tattoos, his chest. Um, 
I'm also pretty sure that it's mentioned that he has the biggest dick in this series. So I'm going to need Sam Stunich or someone who has recently read this. If you could confirm that with us, that would be great. Um, but uh, I just I love Aaron so much. Like, and that's another thing, too. Like, my first love definitely did not have a body like that. So <laughs> you were missing out. Yeah, meat department did not have a body <laughs> like that. Is that how we're referring to from now on as meat department? Yeah. If you ever listen to this, know that you're referred to as meat department from <laughs> from here onward. If I ever if we ever get big Sam, I'm gonna send him a ticket to a live show or something. If we ever get big, he's gonna like send you a cease and desist letter. <laughs> I don't I doubt he could afford a lawyer. Like I don't know I don't know what BJ's pays. If you read if you work for BJ's, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be offensive. Yeah, you need to apologize to all those BJ's employees right now. You have provided a vital service during the COVID nineteen pandemic and otherwise, and I thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, this cover for me. Uh, see, now I'm like going back and I, I don't know, maybe Aaron, that might be my number one. And it, I did do like a little poll on our Instagram about this and pretty much everyone said Oscars. So, you Oscar's know, my number one. No, that's not true. OK, I can't I don't do my. OK, no, no, we're going to save our talk for the end about our rankings. OK. But yeah. OK. Uh, <laughs> and that like V and Happy Trail like he's got like, oh, God. And him with the girls, too. Like, him being, like, so, like, fatherly. Like, yes, it's attractive. Yes, attractive. Uh, Oscar's cover is also hot as shit, though. Damn. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, let us let us know what you think. Give us a ranking for your favorite covers. I would love rankings for covers, but then also overall rankings for the guys. And I swear if any of you rank Hale's cover as your favorite one, I'm going to be pissed. She's just going to insta-block you. We yeah. don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> this has is, this is really just turned out to be like a podcast where I have a vendetta against Hale Harbin, but <laughs> it's okay. Fictional character. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> book five starts with them dealing with the aftermath of the school shooting and trying to locate Callum because Callum is missing. Our poor but baby. Callum, oh, poor baby. Love him so much. But Callum being the wonderful person he is, he... Uh, is able to get back to them eventually. He he was not kidnapped. He was just dealing with a lot of very gruesome injuries. And that's like but, amazing too. Like Callum's ability to survive, like he just is so underappreciated, I feel. Like I know that I you mean, and I he's appreciate ultra him, appreciated but, by me. Oh, and he's just like so sweet and creepy. There was there was a TikTok I saw today that I was going to send to you because it reminded me of Callum. It was of this guy like crouching. It was yes, he hops up onto the counter, his kitchen counter, but he does it in such a way where it's like he his legs look like they're coming up in slow motion because he has that much body control. And then the, it was like someone stitching it, and they were trying to recreate it, and they just fall off the counter. <laughs> but I was like, yes, that's Callum. Yeah, and him just, like, constantly eating snacks and being adorable to Bernie. That sounds like a dream. Like, oh, the like... reasons why he's my number one. You can murder people, but you also love snacks and dancing. Like, what a good time. 
He can do it all. <laughs> the multi-tool of havoc. Goes to confront his mother about her involvement with the GMP. And he reveals to her, because she's at lunch with Trinity when he with, pops tr- up. with Trinidad James. With Trinidad James. <laughs> she will be known from henceforth. And he reveals to both of them that Jimmy's dead. And Trinity has, like, this poker face. Not Jimmy. you can tell that she's, like, really distraught about it. And that makes him happy, because that's all he wanted to do was, like, ruin her fucking life. Then they are, they decide that they have to plot to take down the Grand Murder Party. And so Bernie comes up with a plan that they just need to kill the leaders, because you need to chop off the head, basically. So they decide to kill the second-in-command, whose name is Mason, at a strip club that he hangs out at all the time. And they formulate this plan with the help of one of Stacy's girls. Yes! And they are able to get into the strip club and pull this off. And they end up killing him, which I thought was very impressive. Well, yeah, because that guy was such a fucking creep and, like, would murder women and torture them and shit. Yeah, he was, like, prolific for murdering sex workers. So yeah. it was, oh, it was awful. Sam and I are, like, a thousand percent pro-sex worker, so... Yes. If you don't share those views, this is probably not the podcast for you. I just just felt felt like that was necessary to add. I love it. Yeah. Let's make it clear. Let's make it clear what we support. So, obviously, after their school was shot up, they couldn't return back to Prescott. Prescott is closed. So, Vic's solution is that they are going to transfer to the prep school. And there's, this is kind of like a, you know, there's two main reasons why this is a good idea for them. And it's not just, you know, because their school is closed, but it's also for the safety of the girls. Yes, because the girls have been attending the prep school for like the last book. They were able to send them there to get them out of harm's way. But now they can so also now they go, get to go. Like keep an eye on them. Yeah, now they can go keep an eye on them. And they're able to get in because Vic has a bunch of blackmail on the school board members from them busting open the child predator ring. So most of book five is really them, like, going through and dealing with being at this prep school and dealing with Trinity because this is also where Trinity goes to school. And it ends with their graduation. They are all able to graduate. However, their graduation turns into another shootout. Oh, it's such a shit show. Where Vic's mom kidnaps Heather, Bernie's little sister, and starts dragging her off into the woods at the same time while the grand murder party is, like, shooting at havoc from all angles. So Vic chases his mom into the woods while he leaves everyone else to deal with the grand murder party. And he is able to get the upper hand on his mom and get Heather back. And he ends up killing his own mother, which is uh, rough on him. And... While that's happening, and he, like, wins the fight with his mother, Hale's dad shows up and shoots Bernie. Yeah, and it turns out, like, his his dad has actually been, like, a GMP member for a while, right? Because they, like, noticed the clown tattoo on his arm. Yes, he was. So, that was pretty wild. <laughs> and then... Uh, CM Stunich keeps us in suspense for like three chapters where she's like trying to act like Bernie is dead. Which we all knew she wasn't dead. The whole time I was like, Bernie's not dead. She's not going to end this with killing Bernie. And then it was like, no, she was like just in a coma in the hospital or like recovering or whatever. And then it flashes forward. How many years did it flash forward? Like seven years? 
Was it seven? It was something like that. It was yeah. it was the I girls mean, were in their like junior and senior year of high school or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So you get a flash forward of them all living in Vic's grandmother's house. They're all living together as a happy family. The girls are about to graduate high school. They're going to prom or a date or something like that. Havoc pretty but, much runs shit in the town. Yeah, like they do a bunch of community outreach with the uh, money that they got from the inheritance money and they're able to like work with Prescott and help better their entire community which is great and that's you know definitely something that's important to them because they love Prescott it's nice overall thoughts on the book on the series I should say what are your overall thoughts Ash um I mean I feel like when I initially read this series, I loved it so much. But like I said, I tended to skip through a lot of the like shootout scenes. And I felt like they were sometimes a little too drawn out and that there were maybe too many of them. Um, And like we discussed before, I think that the series was just a little bit long. Um, I think a four book series, they could have accomplished just, you know, just as much. Um and maybe cut out some of the fluff, but, like, I understand that it kind of needed to be five books because of the whole, like, Havoc, like, acronym thing that they had mm-hmm. going on. Um, but, yeah, I, I like this series. Um, Bernie is one of my favorite female main characters. She's pretty badass, even though she she can say some, like, cringy stuff and write shitty poetry, but she is a badass. She's, like, a taller woman, which I feel like that's really uncommon for reverse harems it's like usually like short like little tiny girls so yeah i mean havoc's a good one if you haven't read it it's definitely worth a read most definitely i would say i think bernie's relationship with each of the different guys is the strongest part of this series i think how cm stunich took the time to strengthen individually strengthen each relationship and give them all that individual time with Bernie where it felt authentic and earned was a really important part of this series, and I think it's part of why I liked it so much. I do think sometimes the plot got very overwhelming. (laughs) There's a lot going on uh, for Havoc and for Bernie. I mean, I don't... When you compare this to, like, the Brutal Boys, the Brutal Boys of Everly Prep, I mean, there was just as much going on with the plot, but I don't know. It just felt way more natural than you know, Havoc did for me. And I don't know whether that's because of the character development, because, you know, these were also, like, very well-developed characters that it might have to do with, like, Caroline and Suzanne's writing style. I'm not I'm not totally sure, but... I would argue that the plot in Brutal Boys of Everly Prep is more simplified than this one. This one, they're fighting a war on, like, four different fronts all at the same time. That's I think- true. The Brutal Boys, it really came down to, like, that one main conflict between the their core group and then the Voyant evil people that were all a part of that club. Like, there was some additional conflict with, like, in general between their group and then with the unspeakables on campus and stuff. But for the most part, it was pretty straightforward. I think I could have used, like, a second, like, epilogue, maybe, like, I don't know. I want to see if, like, Vic and this whole breeder kink, like, if this is, like, fulfilled. I want to see Aaron being a dad to their kid. I don't know. I kind of like the fact that she didn't have kids at the end. 
because I I feel like it was such a like point of contention between her and Vic and it was something that she really wasn't a fan of having that early on that I'm glad that they waited so long it I I don't it, I wouldn't have been disappointed if she had kids at the end but I like the choice because it's different from what you typically get with epilogues and romance novels yeah fair fair okay so final ranking of the boys let's hear yours first Ash all right so hold please um for me it is Callum Aaron Oscar Vic and Hale (laughs) ours aren't that different mine is Callum Oscar Aaron Hale and Vic Callum is number one in both of our hearts forever. <laughs> He's just so cute. I just, I love him. And Bernie's happiness is just the most important thing to him. And I just, oh, I appreciate that about him so much. So overall, I would say if you haven't read the series, please do. I think that it's, it's one of those series that keeps you on your toes. Sometimes you might have to skim a little bit if things get repetitive. But overall, it's something that I really enjoy. And the vi- and the um, boys, you really get attached to. Oh, definitely. Like, I still think about these boys constantly. <laughs> okay. Any final thoughts? Um, I guess if you have read any of Sam Stunich's other work, um, you know, make sure you reach out to us on TikTok or Instagram. Um, you can also find Sam and I both on Facebook, and I think that maybe it would be a good idea if we made a Facebook page for our um, podcast, but um, yeah. definitely reach out to us and let us know, you know, if you've read anything else by her and what you would recommend, because I would be curious, you know, about reading some of her other work and seeing, you know, if her plot in all of her series is kind of as intense as it was in this one, or if it's just Havoc, but I know that Havoc has a huge following and I'll definitely continue to recommend it to people when they're first starting their reverse harem journey because I feel like it's this is a pretty safe recommendation. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's a good beginner reverse harem. Yeah. So something that happens in book five that we didn't really touch on in our summary of the book is that one of the consequences of Bernie fighting for her life in the school shooting is that she miscarries a child that she didn't know that she was carrying um, because she was, like, kicked and punched repeatedly in the abdomen when the uh, grand murder party was attacking the school. And she only finds out about it because the hospital calls with her blood work from when she was previously in the hospital. And, I mean, this ends up happening because Bernie was not really great about taking her birth control, you know, at the same time each day and definitely didn't wait to have unprotected sex until she had been taking it for like a month um and it's just it's really sad i mean like she initially thinks because she has heavy periods that that's what this is and then that's when the hospital calls and it kind of all makes sense to her but i really liked how um cm stunich showed how difficult it was for aaron and vic too 
you know, as yeah, we talked the about... the boys really take it hard. Yeah. I, well, I feel like especially those two. I mean, like, Callum is super understanding and even Oscar and Hale, but I feel like, you know, Vic is the one with the whole breeder kink and Aaron is, like, you know, the dad and... Not not the dad of the baby, because we don't know, but, like, the, the father figure. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, because when it comes to the other girls, like Heather, Karen, Ashley, so... I just really enjoyed that she kind of showed how painful it was from their perspective. Like, I'm pretty sure that, like, there's, I can't remember who says it, but it's like, they, like, took our fucking baby. Like, it's really sad. Yeah, it's definitely used as a motivating factor with their uh, anger with the grand murder party. Yeah. And uh, Part that I loved is that Hale's mother sent over pralines with Hale. And if you've never had pralines before, I had them when I was down in New Orleans. And they are just pure sugar. (laughs) And I like I definitely see that as being like a comfort food that his mom makes for him sometimes. And I just love that heartfelt gesture. Like his mom is just so sweet. I know she's adorable. And I really hope that when they moved her into Aaron's house, they bought her a new couch. God, I hope so. (laughs) Poor Marie. Your mom live in this house with the period couch. Right. But yeah, she she was one of my favorite characters in the book. She she has such a good heart. I know. So those were really our final thoughts on Havoc. Fantastic series. Highly recommend. Um, our plan for next week is to talk about one of our absolute favorite paranormal reverse harems, Dark River Days by Grace McGinty. Who is also a listener of this podcast. We love you, Grace. Yes, thank you so much for all of your support. And we appreciate you. I've already been doing my reread for Dark River Days. And I'm very excited to talk about it. I have so many thoughts. I have so many strong feelings <laughs> on the uh, harem in general. Um, are we going to dive into books that we're reading this week? Absolutely. So this week I read... Willow Hadley's new book of Moons and Monsters, and I was absolutely obsessed with it. I'm so excited to talk about some of Willow's books on the podcast. I also read two of the off-campus series by L. Kennedy, which is a hockey romance series. I read The Mistake and The Score. The Mistake was focused around Logan, and The Score was focused around Dean, and I loved them both so much. I think I liked Dean's stories a little bit better just because it was more humor-based. It was a very funny book. Uh, That was it for me. I only read three books this week, but I am planning to read for next week. I want to read the final off-camp. Well, it's not the final because she just said that she's coming out with a fifth book in the series, but the only one that's out for right now, The Goal, which is off-campus number four, and I want to read The Magic of Discovery and The Stopover. How about you, Ash? Um, So this week I read The Magic of Revenge by Britt Andrews, um, and I think that Sam is going to love this series so much. (laughs) Like... The I'm characters are so lovable. The main character is awesome. It's just such a good series, and I'm really sad that I have to wait until June for the last book to come out. And I'm also going to be so sad to say goodbye to all of them, so that's going to be really hard. Um, I also read Of Moons and Monsters by Willow Hadley, 
And uh, it's just another achingly sweet book by Willow. But this one, like, she really turned up the smut level. I was very impressed with her. I was a huge fan of the smut in this book. You yeah. Um, it, it's seriously hot. Um, and I love the guys in the harem. They're adorable. If you've never read anything by Willow Hadley, please, please, please check out her work. Um, of Moons and Monsters, like I said, is... The one smutty book, but um, Cricket and Smile Like You Mean It are just equally as cute, you know, reverse harems, but without any sexual scenes. Um, yeah, Cricket's getting there. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. We're, we're patiently waiting. Um, there's, but, some, there's some mild smut in the second book. It's just they don't ooh, go all the way I, I still haven't read the second book, admittedly. but You've got to get on it. I know. And I'm sure I'm just going to devour it because that's what I tend to do with all of her books because her writing is so good. Um, and she was telling me that she has some uh, some plans for the next um, – did she say I, I can't even remember what the next book is going to be like what the name of it is but she said she has some plans her and I message on Instagram quite a bit and she said she has some plans so I'm excited to see that you know so excited to see where the series goes um and I still want to read the vampire games by Caroline Peckham and that was recommended to me by Britt Andrews and uh, a friend and listener of this podcast, Nicole, um, really recommended the Lost Sentinel series by Ivy Asher. So I'm going to be hopefully trying to get into that. And I'm going to reread and skim the Dark River Days series by Grace McGinty. Oh, I remember like so much from that series and the harem is fantastic. So I'm excited to be reunited with all of them. It's it's been great. I started my reread because I recommended it to one of my good friends, Sarah, because uh, she needed to switch up her romance reading. So I recommended Grace's book, and then I was like, "Well, you know what? I want to do a reread because I haven't. I, I miss those characters." And then I texted Ashley when I was on my reread, and I said, "We need to do this for episode four. This is I love this series so much." Yeah, and I feel like when we first read that, Sam, we devoured those books i'm talking like i think we finished it in the span of a week it was definitely less than a week for me i think i finished all three books in a weekend oh my gosh yeah sam <laughs> is like the speediest reader that i've ever known and i don't know how she does it the trick is to not have a life <laughs> <laughs> yes i hope that you guys get to enjoy you know you really appreciate and enjoy our podcast because we really dedicate a lot of time to this and we love sharing all of these thoughts with you so behind the scenes a lot goes into this uh speaking of behind the scenes we are recording on april 10th which is also ashley's birthday <laughs> happy birthday ashley thank you I couldn't think of a better way to spend my birthday than doing something that I love with my friend. Aww. All right, so let's wrap up. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smut and Spice. We hope that you'll join us next week as we discuss one of our favorite Paranormal Reverse Harem series, Dark River Days by Grace McGinty. If you like shifters, vampires, tacky outfits, and male-on-male action, this one is for you. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We'd love if you would share our podcast with friends and family on social media. Maybe not family. <laughs> uh, if you have any book recommendations, send them our way. And if you're an author who's interested in appearing on an episode, reach out. We would love to have you. 
A special thanks to our technical producer, Andrew, and to our graphic designer, Lainey, for our amazing logo. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye.